0: Hey, this is Jesse Canty. Man, I am so glad that you took the time to download this podcast. Listen, it's getting ready to be a blessing to you. It is power packed full of wisdom. Listen, as you hear this episode and you maybe you want to be a blessing to this podcast, well, you can hit me up on Cash App. Type in Jesse E Canty, J-S-S-E, the letter E, C-A-N-T-Y, with the dollar sign, of course, and you can be a blessing. Anything you give will be appreciated. I thank you, and I pray that nothing but God's blessings and his best be upon you. Take care. Hey, this is Jesse Cantz with another episode of How Bad Do You Want It? Listen, the Bible says hope deferred making the heart sick. In other words, have you ever had high expectations only to have your hopes dashed to the ground with greater frustrations, and it seems like you just can't win? Well, I got something I want to say about it, and it's called Against All Odds." Let's go. Yeah, man. Man of wisdom, man of wisdom. From the pulpit to the podcast, from the pulpit to the podcast, to the podcast, yeah. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to episode number 31 with your host, Jesse E. Canty. How bad do you want it? I'm glad to talk with you. Let's get down into this thing and let's pray off the top. Father, we need you. Father, I ask you right now that you encourage all of us, God. I thank you that I've been there, done it there, been there, done that, got a t shirt, Father. Not only that, but I'm going to minister. Allow me to minister from that place even now as I encourage somebody, God, that you, it's not over until you say it's over. We give you praise honor, and glory in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. They say it's not over till the fat lady sings. I want to talk a little bit deeper than that. I want to talk about how you go into that means the game is not over. You haven't lost until the game is over. I want to talk to some people where you know what it's like to enter into the game with the odds stacked against you. That means the word odds mean the likelihood of success. In other words, you already you going in already as what we call an underdog. Are there any underdogs that happen to tune into this word today? It means you looking at your situation, the likelihood of you winning or coming out, with your your hopes are succeed succeeding is 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 slim to none, man. I want to talk to you because, God, you serve a God, and I hope you serve a God. If you don't serve him, then I hope you're going to serve him after this podcast. Because there is you serve a God that is able, more than able, to cause you to win, even though the odds are stacked against you. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? I know what it's like, even as I allude back to my opening statement, I was saying that when you have great expectations, only to have your high expectation, uh, dashed to the ground with greater frustration. You go into something expecting the best. And I'm not even going to say this. I'm going to say this part, but I'm not even going to say it in a, a negative manner. But I I have even learned as a business, um, as a business, uh, 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 uh wisdom that when I go into situations and, and sometimes my employees say, Oh man, we're going to, we're going to sell a lot of stuff today. And I do believe that I have faith in that, but I also have learned to adjust my, my expectation a little bit because over time, you can go in with high expectations only to be dashed to the ground with lower or greater frustrations. And in other words, you, you prepare for the worst, but you hope for the best. I've learned to adapt that principle in life or excuse me, in business but I also have to understand that God is a God that when his hand is upon you, you can go to a place where it looked like you have all odds against you and you're not supposed to win. But it's something about the power of God and the favor of God that can cause you to come out of a situation of as a underdog, within as an underdog, but you'll come out as a champ. But what do you do in the meantime? How do you handle this when your hope has been deferred? Now, let me go to Proverbs 13, because I love Proverbs 13. I love Proverbs period. But Proverbs 13, verse number 12 in the King James, the hope deferred, maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I want to give it to you in another couple of versions. I want to give it to you in the Message Bible and the Amplified Bible. The Message Bible says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. Let's stop right there. I am talking to some people who you have been expecting the best. You have bought several books on positive affirmations. You're decreeing, declaring, and hoping and then saying it out your mouth. You're speaking on positivities instead of negativities. You have gotten rid of the negative people around you. You're doing what you're supposed to do so your life can be full of expectations, but yet you've been experiencing and seems like you're going through a series or a, seasons, a season of disappointment after one another. The Bible says you can have unrelenting disappointment, and when you experience unrelenting disappointment, it leaves your heart sick. And another version calls it delayed hope makes your heart ill. <laughs> the, 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 another TPT translation. When hope, When hope's dream seems to drag on and on and on, the delay can be depressing. Let's just pause right there. I know where you're at. I've been there when it seems like your bus is taken uh, 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 it's two, three hours later than what it's supposed to be to come pick you up. And you are getting disappointed and it, it, may, it takes it from a high, when you're at a place of expectation you got a, 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 a visible now. You got a, a beautiful smile on your face. You're showing all 32 pearly teeth. You're showing them and you're, you're excited about it and you're believing that, that this is getting ready to change and you're getting ready to win and you're getting ready to succeed in the area you're in. But all of a sudden one disappointment after another disappointment, everything's in the drag on and on and on and on and on and on and things start getting delayed and and that heart that was that was giddy start to play violin and it started to get sick. I mean literally your heart just seemed like it struggled to beat the next beat. That is my friend, is when your hope have gotten deferred. But now it seems like things are just dragging on and you're losing. What do you do when you are experiencing losses one after another? it can mess with your psyche it can mess with your head even though you may not let your enemies know this messing with you it can really get down in your thought pattern and mess you up and it can cause you to not want to set an alarm for the next day you want to sleep in in other words it bring you it can quietly bring you to a place of depression where when you learn to come out that door, you fake it till you make it and smiling and act like everything's fine, but you're at a place of depression because your heart is broken. Your heart is ill because all you've been doing is expecting, or excuse me, has been receiving frustration when you really had high expectations. And you, if you can't be real with God, then who in the world can you be real with? And I'm so glad the scripture talks about stuff like this, that it says that when that heart is getting sick, it gives you a second part of the statement. In the message Bible it says, but a sudden, but well, the King James it says, but when desire cometh, it's like a tree. It is a tree of life. Let's get it down in the second versions, the other version. But a sudden good break can turn life around. Now listen to that. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But all you need is one sudden good break and it can turn your life around. I, I sat on this word about three days before I came into the studio to talk about it because I wanted to make sure that this is the one that God wanted me to wanted, wanted me to share with you guys and make it episode number 31. And you know what the Lord kept doing? He kept putting me in the place of the word. It's some things that I dare not even say now over this microphone that that, that I have been stacked against all odds. And if I allow myself to do what I do well, which is overthink any situation and allow my mind just to go a little deeper thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, my heart will begin to get sick. So the Lord began to show me not only are you going to put this thing down as episode 31, you're going to minister to yourself and you're going to hear me ministering to you as you give it to somebody else that yes, you may have the odds stacked against you. That's like Gideon who went into war. He had 30,000 men. God subtracted 20,000 right off the top because he told them to dismiss, they can go home. Make a long story short, he was reduced. Even with 30,000 men, he was outnumbered. Now listen to this. Even with 30,000 men, he was outnumbered. The Lord allowed him to come down to 300 men. How can I fight a multitude with 300 men? Gideon went into the battle with the odds stacked against him. But also remember the Bible says, if God be for you, it's almost like he turned into an owl because the next thing he says, who? can be against you. Come on, somebody. If the Lord can be for you, who in the world can be against you? The truth of the matter is this. A whole bunch of people can, but it don't matter because you are standing against the eyes, but the eyes are still spiritually in your favor because all you need is God. You don't need 30,000 people. You don't need $30,000. You don't need $30, you don't need 30 million like you think you do. All you need is the favor of God. I remember something that situ happened in my life years ago. And it was discerning my book. In fact, I'm looking at that plaque on the wall now. I wrote my first book years ago called Furnace of Affliction. I threw on a service. I self-published. Now, self-published this book. I threw on a service and I... I, I uh, um. I had a speaker, guest speaker there. I just wanted to celebrate the book because at that time, when I wrote that book years ago, it wasn't it, like now. It's everybody writing books now, but it was very rare. It was very rare for my area for someone who was even at the age I was at. I think I was around probably, I don't know, uh, twenty three, twenty four, something around that time uh, age when I wrote that book. So, to make a long story short, I wrote that book and I had a I had a success service, a service, a celebration service where I just wanted to come together with a guest speaker who I, I admired dearly, and I wanted to just thank God and let God speak at that service however he want to speak. We had the service. The service was off the chain, and they kept telling me, you, you, you need to do this to sell the books. You need to do this to sell the books. I wasn't really doing that to sell books. I just wanted to thank God for the service. Well, the service took a crazy turn. The service went down a road where I felt that the Spirit of God was moving through the speaker, He moved in such a manner where he forgot to take up an offering. He forgot to even try to say anything about the book. At the end, he said, put a basket back there and tell them if they want to give, put something in it. That's how light the offering was taken up. Mind you, I had to pay him out of my own pocket. You know, so we at least wanted to get some money to pay him. So the money we took up, we paid him the $126 level left over. I took it, I took all 126 and took my family, my immediate family, out to eat at Ryan's and the bill came up to 131. <laughs> I was negative five dollars. And my and then one one particular loved one of mine, when I paid that bill at Ryan, they looked back and said, See there, I told you you didn't profit nothing from the service. You should have did it this way. I looked at them in Ryan's and said, I told you I wasn't doing it for that reason. I already went in against the odds against me, but let me tell you something. God can send one person to do what a thousand won't do. I said that to this lady at least three times because she had said it earlier. This is what was gonna happen. Then she just said it one last time as I paid for her food, and I said, "I told you that God can send at least one person. One send one person to do what a thousand won't do." That was on a Sunday. Make a long story short, three days later, God moved. Make, make a long story short, one person, I was at a certain place in a whole different city. One person came to me at an inopportune time. It was amazing. And whispered and said, the, I knew you was going to be here. The Lord told me to buy 1,000 of your books tonight, and here's to check. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. God has blessed us to have listeners all around the world. And I thought to myself, I said, maybe there's somebody that wants you to have a prayer request. I want you to pray with them concerning anything, your family or whatever it is. If that be so, listen, drop me an email at Podcast at yahoo.com. J-S-S-E-C-A-N-T-Y podcast at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. I love to pray with you. And I want you to have a blessed day. I had been telling this person that God could send one person to do what a thousand refused to do. And three days later, he sent somebody, I wasn't even going to go to that service. He sent somebody to me and they said that I knew you were going to be here tonight. Cause the Lord told me to, to write you a check and buy $1,000 worth. That's what it was. $1,000 worth of your book. And the Lord spoke to me then, did I not tell you that I can send one person to do what a thousand cannot do? If I can send a raven to feed a man who every other person refused to feed him. If I can come on now, God said, if I can send you down a dark road or down a detour or down a cut where it seemed like a dead end and cause the river to open up so my people can walk through it. If the eyes are stacked against you, all that means is that God is in your favor. You don't need the eyes in your favor. You need God in your favor. And he says this, he says, when you look to God, he'll cause a sudden breakthrough that'll begin to turn your life around. He says this here in the the TPT version. He says that when a hope seems, when a hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. I read that. But when at last your dream come true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. I don't know who I'm talking to, but the Lord sent me here to tell you, you are stacked against the odds. Your back is against the wall, but you're still going to win. He have designed it to be this way. He have purposely wanted it to be this way so nobody else can get the glory but him. It doesn't even look like you can do what God prophesied that you're going to be able to do. You have the odds stacked against you. When you start looking at things, you realize the deficit or the delay of what you experience and how far you are away from your dream and your expectation. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough support. But you got enough of God with you. Let me give you what Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says. For I know the ESV version, all these versions, going to be, all these quotes are going to be ESV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. King James said, expect it in. God says, I am going to give you a future and I am going to give you a hope. Listen to this right here. According to all the known laws of aviation, there is no way that a bumblebee should be able to fly. Its wings are too small to get its fat little body off the ground. But guess what? The bumblebee don't care what nobody think about him. And against all hope, (laughs) against all odds, he flies anyway. He don't care either how many humans say it's impossible for him to fly. He, de- he probably don't even understand what we said. Because <laughs> every day, somewhere around this planet, the bumblebee still flies. But on paper-wise, this bumblebee is not supposed to be able to lift this fat body Up off the ground with those small wings. The odds were stacked against him, but he still believed. And yet, because he still believed, it caused him to be able to achieve. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Let me give you another reason the odds are stacked against you. Let me give you one more reason. Do you not realize here that even with the even with the the the, the history of the African American here and the, uh, uh, the African americans the blacks here in America, do you realize that we we were brought over here in slavery? Even to this day, I, I don't want to get off on another subject, but even to this day, the odds are stacked against us. It is true that the average African American have to work twice or three or four times as hard just to get somewhere that not only a Caucasian can get easy, but a outside foreigner can come in this country and get easier. The odds are stacked. Most of the time, the odds of success are stacked against us. But yet, despite all of that, the Lord have given us favor. I'm not a political person, but at the end of the day, I am grateful that we have made it to the White House that slaves built. So far, at least twice. The odds of success can be stacked against you and you still can defy those odds and win. And not only you can, but I believe that the people who are listening to me, God is illuminating your spirit right now and he's sharpening your faith and you will win. Listen to Romans fifteen thirteen. It says, may the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This is where this is why you got to believe, because the God of hope, the God of your faith, he's able to fill you with joy and peace in believing. That means though the eyes have been stacked against you, you least likely to succeed you have still maintained the joy and your peace that means you are cool calm and collected you haven't panicked you haven't hit alert bar, uh, alert alarm you haven't getting over gotten over the uh, 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 losing your cool in your faith in your believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, You may abound in hope. That means, how am I going to win against all odds? Jesse, I hear what you're saying, but how am I going to win? How can I possibly do it? The only way you can do it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you do know, understand that, don't you? You do understand who is the third person of the Trinity. You do understand how the Holy Spirit is an unseen, visible force, unseen. Force that works behind the scenes, that can wake you up, that can pick you up, that can set you up, that can promote you up, that can take you up, that can take your enemies down, that can put your head above your enemies. That is nobody but the Holy of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's going to cause you to abound in hope. That's Romans 12. 15 and 13, Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in your hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. So what do I do when I am facing against all odds? The Bible tells you, Romans 12, 12, rejoice in your hope. That means if you're believing in this, even though they people are counting you out, enjoy walking into the game as an underdog. While you're preparing for what you're getting ready to defeat and conquer, they're in the stands laughing, mocking at you, thinking you're going to lose, thinking they're getting ready to knock your teeth out. And the whole time, it's like you already know and you've seen the game. You got hope. You got hope on you. Not only you got hope, but you're going to rejoice in it. You're going to be excited about the opportunity to prove your enemies wrong. My God. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in your tribulation. That means though the odds are stacked against you, do not allow yourself to be frustrated in the test that's coming your way. Be patient. God have already shown you this play. He've already showed you the entire game. And you know that you know that you know you're going to win. But through it all, be constant in your prayer. That means every move you make, every every day you wake up, every chance you can get, get away and say a prayer to God. All the odds are stacked against me and nobody want to hear me complain about me least likely to succeed but I know every situation I face. I am not standing by myself. I may not be perfect right now, God, but you have brought me this far despite all my human, human, uh, my human flaws. And I'm going to get sharper and better in every area that I'm not better in right now, but you're going to cause me to have the power to overcome every struggle, every misfortune, every mishap and every letdown. I have to have my hope and my faith tuned into you. So this is my constant prayer. Help me to rejoice. Help me to rejoice in my hope. Help me to be patient in this tribulation. Proverbs 23, 18 says, Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Oh man, come on, let that swag get down in you. Surely, Proverbs twenty-three eighteen, surely there is a future, and my hope will not be cut off. You going into that thing, looking like you the bottomed out, but God is getting ready to put you on top. One last one. Psalm seventy-one five says, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. That means basically all the days of my life you have been using me in manners. I have seen you bring me out against all odds. The odds were counted against David when Samuel came to Jesse's house to anoint one of his sons as king. Samuel told Jesse, bring all your sons before me. He brought every son he had, seven of them, but he had eight eight boys and he left the one out there in the field and wasn't going to tell nobody about it. And the man, the prophet of God went down there and thought he found the king and the oil was not approved with it. And he realized, wait a minute. Is there another? He said, yeah, there's the youngest one, but I didn't think to call him. I didn't have no, no, no inclination that he is the one you want to use. He's the one I have to keep my sheep. All the odds were stacked against David. Surely, he is not going to be the next king. Surely, you're not going to win this. Surely, the word that's been spoken over your life is not going to come to pass. Surely, the dream and expectation that you've been holding on to is not really going to happen, is it? Is it? Nobody like waiting. It'd be good to get what you want when you want it. But when your expectations are delayed for a long time, yeah, you're going to experience disappointment. You're going to experience disillusionment. And you're going to experience a little loss of hope. But I'm telling you right now, that prolonged waiting period should fuel your eager desire to win. And when you come out this thing, you're going to be able to say, I had my back against the wall and the odds were totally against me. Nobody expected me to come out as a winner. So when I win, not only I say that nobody but God did it, but God will be able to say that nobody can take credit for what he Him alone have done through you. Let me pray for you, Father. I don't know who I'm talking to. They may have the whole office against them. They may can't see no way of the prophetic word or what they're believing you for actually coming to pass. But I believe against hope. I believe against what they they may not have and what they may not believe. At the lowest pom- moments and at the lowest point in life, you are still able. I pray that you believe, that you breathe, Father, that you breathe hope and expectation and faith into the ears and the spirit of the believer right now. Let him know that it's nothing but you. Get all the glory, all the honor from it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I don't know why I want to do this now, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord, I receive your son Jesus into my life. Save me. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm yours. Now teach me to walk with you as you live in my heart. And I confess you out of my mouth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, I love you. I pray that this, this word bless your spirit. Again, it's against all odds. Guess what? You're going to win. Hi. That's swipe, spelled with a Y. or contact us at 1-800-597-0713. Don't forget to let us know that Jesse E. Canty sent you. Have a blessed day.